Week nine of the NFL season is in the books. You're listening to the Gridiron Authority podcast. My name's Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's up? Oh, not much. We got a lot to cover this episode. We're going to be covering all the biggest games from week nine, uh, the upsets, the blowouts, and then we're going to be covering uh, some of the big headlines from week nine heading into week 10, and we'll be doing our pick for week 10. So a lot to cover. All right, let's get started. All right, let's get started with our Week 9 recap. On Thursday Night Football, the 49ers remained undefeated 8-0 after they beat the Cardinals 28-25. Jimmy Garoppolo throws for 300-plus yards and four touchdowns. What did you think of this game? Um, I mean, it was it was surprising on a couple levels because I believe it was last week I talked about, you know, I wasn't sure if if the 49ers defense struggled a little bit, could the, could the offense carry them? Uh, and then, sure, you know, sure enough, the very next game, the defense struggled, the offense carried them. Um, I mean, it was surprising to see what the Cardinals were, were able to do against that that 49ers defense, uh, which I've said for a majority of the season, I thought was the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and, I mean, in the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake, uh, Drake ran for over 100 yards. Uh, Kyler Mur- uh, Murray threw it really well against him. Um, still wasn't enough. The uh, 49ers offense, I mean, they played great. Jimmy Garoppolo had, you know, the game of his career. Um, which isn't saying too much, honestly, because he still threw it for 300 yards and four touchdowns. I think there's still room for improvement there. Um, he did it against a bad defense, if we're honest. Um, but it was a good sign. It was it was it was nice to see, you know, the offense pointed in the right direction and it's showing the potential that they have, uh, especially now with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I, I think we've seen a big improvement since he's been there. Uh, so, I mean, I, th- I think it was a good game for the 49ers offense. I think it was a good confidence game for the Cardinals. I believe these teams play again in two weeks. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be an interesting game when they, when they have that rematch, honestly. Yeah. One of the things that's really standing out to me is that the 49ers are kind of, everyone's talking about the Seahawks and the saints and some of these other teams in the NFC and the 49ers are, are putting themselves right in the thick of it. I mean, they're eight. No, haven't played a ton of people, but they've got, a good balance on offense, really, of running the football. They've got Garoppolo passing it well. I agree with you. I think that the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is huge. I mean, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown in the last game. Um, and obviously, we know what that defense is capable of. So, to keep playing the way they are, they're going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're getting the credit that they deserve, honestly. Uh, I mean, they are undefeated, but everyone's still pointing to the Saints. They're still pointing to the Seahawks as the big favorites. And and uh, and not really talking about the 49ers, but if the offense keeps playing like this, uh, like you said, I mean, I, I think you know, the NFC will run through San Francisco. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Texans and Jaguars. This game kind of went as everyone expected, 26-3 to Texans win. Um, the big storyline of it, Gardner Minshew has four turnovers, and now it's been uh, stated that, Nick Foles will take the job back after the bye. So for right now, Minshew Mania is going on hold. What do you think about that? I mean, it's not surprising. We discussed this uh, earlier in the season, what would happen when Foles came back. And at the end of the day, they're paying Foles uh, not only as a starter, but they're paying him as a high-paid starter. Uh, and it's hard to justify. You know, Gardner Minshew, I think, has played amazingly well. Um, I've been a huge fan of of the Minshew Mania 
Um, when you factor in that he's a rookie, uh, I think he has 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, he does lead the league in fumbles, so he does need to fix that. But I mean, I think as a sixth round pick rookie to lead your team to, uh, you know, a four and four record, uh, and then almost, you know, put him back in competition in week one against the chiefs. I mean, they, they, he brought him back and made the Chiefs sweat just a little bit at the end. Uh, so, I mean, I think they got all you could ever hope to get out of a sixth round pick, you know, quarterback, uh, in this first season with Gardner Minshew. Uh, I, I do believe that if Nick Foles struggles, uh, from the fan standpoint, you're going to start hearing the fans calling for Gardner Minshew. Um, if Foles comes out and the Jaguars keep losing or, or they start losing again, really, because again, you know, they, they're four and five right now. They're still in the playoff hunt. Um, they're only a couple games behind the Texans. So, uh, I think if he starts, if he struggles and starts losing a lot, I think you're going to hear from the fan side that they're going to want Gardner Minshew back. Coaches probably won't listen to him, but, um, it was a little surprising though, because, you know, it, it, it was a game against the Texans who are missing JJ Watt, but they were still able to get a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew. Uh, they were still able to shut down Leonard Fournette, um, and really just run over that defense as well. Uh, and that's a defense I said, even without Jalen Ramsey is a good defense. So, I mean, it was, it was, for me, it was kind of a surprising game. I'm not surprised the Texans won. I'm just surprised at th- the dominance that they won. Absolutely. So let's move on to the bears Eagles game. Bears lose it 14 to 22, but really it was a lot worse than it looks on paper at halftime. And this is almost hard to even say it's just unbelievably bad at halftime. The bears had nine yards total of offense. Um, they end the game, Mitch Trubisky only has 10 completions, and they only have 18 rushes on the day. So, uh, you know, is this something that the Bears offense can fix this year? Um, I mean, I think they've got the talent to do it. Um, I've been a little critical of Matt Nagy recently because I don't think he's putting the team in the situation to succeed, honestly. Um and I've said before, I think for as well as Nagy coached last year, I think he's coaching equally bad this year. Um, they're not running the ball enough. They're not They're not putting Trubisky in that situation to build up his confidence. I think right now his confidence is shaken, and their answer to that is to just keep going out and throwing it as much as possible. And, you know, they're forgetting that he's still only, you know, he, he's a third-year quarterback that doesn't have a ton of starting experience, honestly. Um, on the college level or the NFL level. Um, I, I think what they need to do is go out. They need to run the ball. They need to set up play action, set up those easy completions for him, get his confidence going a little bit, get that run game going. And I think you, if that happens, I think we'll see the offense start treading you know, in the right direction. But until that happens, I, I think they're going to keep struggling and they're they're falling further and further behind in the playoff race. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, I just to think nine yards and a half, like I feel like you could run it every play for one yard and still have more than nine yards. It's unbelievable to me that an offense can be so inept at that point, especially a guy who uh, learned under Andy Reid. I mean, nine yards. Think about that. It's not even one first downs worth. Yeah, I mean, it's it it again, like I said, I think this is a Matt Nagy situation. I think he's. I want to say he's out coaching himself. Honestly, I think he's trying to to do all this these things that the team isn't built for. Uh, I think they need to look at what they were doing last year and uh, and go back to that and and get the get the offense going, build build the confidence, quit going for these big giant plays. Like you need to start working on 
getting first downs rather than getting 20, 30, 40 yard plays. Absolutely. So let's move on to a game that I really enjoyed. The Chiefs and Matt Moore beat the Vikings 26-23. And a couple of things really jumped out about this game to me. And one is that uh, Matt Moore, for not playing at all last year and going from uh, coaching high school and, and being a scout for the Dolphins, he's playing really well this year for, you know, in, in the absence of Mahomes. And the other thing is the defense is playing uh, you know, I won't say lights out, but compared to what they had been doing the first half of the season there, that this is a crazy good defense performance by the Chiefs, making Kirk Cousins struggle, uh, really holding uh, Dalvin Cook in check. Everyone would have thought that he would have had 150 plus yards and two touchdowns, and he just didn't. So what do you think of this Chiefs game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was I, I think the the defense stepping up the way it did, I think, is the big headline. Uh, Matt Moore as well. But I think the one people are over the thing people are overlooking is Damian Williams um, actually exploded. Twelve carries, 125 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've been really critical of the Chiefs running game this year. Um, and a lot of people have. Oh, well, they don't really need a running game when you can throw it. And. And now they're hitting the point where they actually need the running game with Matt Moore. And, and they're showing that if if they actually commit to it and they they uh, give it a shot, I mean, they can run the ball if they want to. Um, they just have to commit and they've, they're finally doing it. And now we're seeing the results. And Damian Williams has, you know, he seemed to reestablish himself as as the number one guy again. Uh, McCoy kind of took that mantle for the first you know, chunk of the season. And now Williams is kind of picking it back up. So, um, but I mean, it, it was awesome seeing Matt Moore though. Um, I mean, I remember watching uh, Moore in college when he was at Oregon state. Uh, so he's a guy, I mean, I've watched for a long time. It's good to see him still in the NFL and, and showing that he can actually play when he's put in the right situation. So, uh, I mean, it was, it was a great game for the chiefs, a uh, bit of a stumbling block for the Vikings, but I think they're going to be okay. Um, except for after this week when they lose to the Cowboys. So, <laughs> and you know what? The thing that I want to point out about Damian Williams too, if you, if you didn't see the game, a 91 yard touchdown run that he showed some serious speed on. I mean, uh, as soon as he broke through and, and basically blew past the secondary, there was nobody going to catch him except for one guy on the field. And that was Tyree kill. Tyree kill <laughs> runs him down from 20 yards away to celebrate with him before he gets to the end zone. So it was really, it was just a fun game to watch. Uh, whether you're a Vikings or Chiefs fan, it was, it was a fun back and forth game. And it's big for the Chiefs because the Vikings are a playoff team. And to, to miss your MVP quarterback and still be able to beat a playoff team means that it's not just Mahomes. You know, it's not that the Chiefs are winning all these games because of only Mahomes. Now they're doing it because they got a defense. They've got that run game you were talking about. They still have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And they got a solid backup quarterback. So uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, even though the loss to the Packers last week, you got to be really happy with what's happening in the absence of Mahomes, especially because he's supposed to be coming back probably this week. And and I I think I think the big thing from a for Chiefs fans, honestly, and for the coaching staff in the NFL is to see that you know just because Patrick Mahomes went down, he he is the MVP. I, I believe he is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, currently, um, just because he went down, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world. It's kind of like Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater came in, he played above expectations. Uh, and, and I mean, the Saints won with him and they won impressive games with him. And now Matt Moore is doing the same thing. Uh, they lost last week, but not because of Matt Moore. They won this week and Matt Moore was a huge part of it. So, 
I mean, I think it's showing that it's not the end of the world just because, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't there. Obviously, they're going to be better with Mahomes, but uh, Matt Moore seems to be getting him by just fine at the moment. So I, right now, I think it's it's nice that the Chiefs can just let Mahomes rest and and recuperate and come back fully healthy. Absolutely. And, and the reason that they sat him, you saw Mahomes after the game running around on the field celebrating. They actually said the reason was uh, the doctors told him within the 17 or a 21 day period, within the first 21 days, you have a 40% chance to re-dislocate. And after 21 days, it drops to like a 10 to 12% chance. So um, that at that point, that game was 17 days. So by this next week, he's going to be well into that uh, 10% re-dislocation, which is you know, especially because you don't get hit a lot on the kneecap. So I think he'll be fine and ready to go. And it sounds like he was a full participant this week in practice. Deal. All right. Let's go to a game that is a little interesting. Jets and Dolphins. Nobody really wanted to see it, but the Dolphins pull out their first win of the season. And all I know is it must feel really bad to be the one team that lost to the Jets, right? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas fans uh, everywhere cringe. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's surprising in a couple of ways, um, this game. Uh, one, I think the Dolphins forgot that they were tanking. Um, and, and then two, it, it was, I mean, they actually, they played well against their former coach, Adam Gase. Um, I mean, they, the, uh, Fitzpatrick, you know, had one of his, his kind of vintage, you know, he has these games every now and then where he, he looks like a legit NFL starter. And then, you know, he obviously has his other games where he doesn't. Um, I mean, it, it was a good game by the Dolphins defense is a good game by the Dolphins offense. Um, I mean, it kind of is unfortunate in terms of if they're still going for that number one pick, because now at this point, I think they're behind the rate or the, sorry, not the Ravens, the Bengals and the Jets. So I think if the season ended now, they'd have that third overall pick, which, uh, may not be good enough for Tua, honestly. Yeah. And that, it seems weird because I don't want to condone tanking, but it seems that when you've been this bad all year, you definitely don't want to blow your chance at fixing it with the quarterback because if they don't get a quarterback in this draft, what do they do? Are they going to ride Josh Rosen or or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Are they, they going to be just as bad as last year? They got to figure out how to get that quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is they may feel more comfortable winning a game or two just to just to show they're not tanking. Uh, or just to fight the argument that they're tanking. Um, they may be more comfortable doing that now that Joe Burrow at L- LSU is having a tremendous season. There's even talk of him potentially going number one now uh, and and climbing above Tua. Uh, there's also Justin Herbert at, uh, at Oregon, who is expected to be a top 10 pick. You got Jake Fromm at Georgia. So now there's there's several quarterbacks, uh, first-round quarterbacks. So they they probably feel more comfortable saying, well, if we don't get Tua, it's not the end of the world. We're, you know, there's still a lot of talent out there. So maybe we can win a game and, and get people to you know get off our backs about tanking um, at least a little bit. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. But, I mean, they, they have to get a quarterback. Um, if if they don't get a quarterback in the in this next draft, I mean they better draft, you know, a couple, you know, with all those picks that they have, they better get some running backs or a running back, some offensive linemen, some receiver help, and put some talent around Josh Rosen. So we'll see. Absolutely. So let's go to another interesting game. Panthers beat the Titans 30 to 20. Uh the big news coming out of Carolina this week is that Cam Newton's been put on injured reserve. 
uh, his ankle issue. He, he wasn't taking to the, the treatment they gave him on his ankle. He's done for the season. And a lot of reports are saying he's done with the Panthers. Uh, do you feel like the Panthers will be okay going forward with Kyle Allen past this year even? And where do you think, if if anywhere, that Cam Newton will end up? Uh, Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think the Panthers are going to be fine because if we're honest, they haven't been good with Cam Newton. Um, out, you know, since what I think 2015 is that when they went to the Super Bowl, I believe. Yep. Um, so they haven't really been good since then, honestly. So I think, uh, yeah, to me, of course, they're going to be fine. Um, not necessarily, I'm not saying Kyle Allen's the answer, um, but I think they're going to be fine without Cam Newton. Um, in terms of where he could land, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, possibilities honestly obviously you're looking at cincinnati they're going to probably need a quarterback looking at the jets they could probably use a uh or not the jets uh sorry the dolphins uh they could use a quarterback uh i mean there's there's going to be some teams around there the broncos are always an option uh those guys are always looking for a quarterback uh depending on what happens in pittsburgh with with ben roethlisberger whether he comes back next year or not the steelers could potentially be in the market for a quarterback so uh, I mean, there's. I think there's going to be a market for for Cam Newton. I mean, he is a former MVP, but uh, I, it's not going to be as high as a lot of people would think. Yeah, well, the crazy part is when you look at this league, every year there's a an incoming rookie class of quarterbacks and free agents. Yeah, every year there seems to be teams that need quarterbacks. Still, when when I'm looking at it too, you're looking at the Chicago Bears. I mean, would Cam Newton make a huge difference over Mitch Trubisky right now? I think he absolutely would. Um, you got a good defense to pair with him, and you got a good run game, a couple good wide receivers. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of teams out there that could really use use him. I mean, uh, obviously the Dolphins could if they if they decide to to spend those on on those draft picks on linemen and re- receivers, running backs, all that stuff, and then get like a Cam Newton. That could be huge for the Dolphins. Um, you don't have yeah. to go through that learning curve of having a rookie quarterback. Yeah, for sure. And and some of the rookie quarterbacks too, I, I, I believe a couple of them will need to sit for a little bit. Um, the guys like Jake Fromm and, and honestly, I even, I even think like Joe Burrow and, and, uh, and potentially even Tua. Um, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of great talent coming out this year at quarterback in the draft, but again, I think some of it needs to sit and, uh, and just learn. And, and Cam Newton could be that guy, that one year filler guy, honestly, um, same thing with guys like Andy Dalton and and you know people like that that uh you know they could be that one year filler gap honestly for for these guys coming up in the draft but I mean we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, and it's kind of off topic, but to me, Tua reminds me a lot of Dwayne Haskins. You know, he doesn't hasn't had a ton of starting uh, experience in college. He's hurt this year, so he's gonna have what like a year and a half of experience before he goes into the draft. You got a guy like Justin Herbert who started you know many years. It's going to be a really interesting NFL draft. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the Packers losing to the Chargers 26 to 11. Are the Chargers making that uh, yearly turn that we see them make every single year to where they're actually a good team now, or is something going on with the Packers? Uh, I think both, honestly. I, I mean, I'm not saying the Chargers are going to make the playoffs because they're still four and five, but they have won two games in a row. They've been impressive wins. Um, they ran the ball well. They threw the ball well. Defense is looking good. They're starting to get healthy. Uh, Joey Bosa, I mean, is it, just blowing up on defense right now. So, I mean, the Chargers are definitely they're coming around 
to be the team we thought they were going to be. Uh, they still have a lot of work to do in the standings. Uh, again, they're they're still only four and five. So, uh, I mean, they could win another they could win another three games in a row, and they're still only going to be you know two games above five hundred and at seven and five, and that's still not going to be good enough for a playoff spot. Um, but the Packers, I mean, they were due for for a bad game. I mean, no team can be perfect every every week of you know of the season, and the Packers were due for a bad game, and they had a bad game against a rising team, and. And uh, I think the Packers are going to be fine. They're still seven and two. Uh, they still got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. The defense is, you know, still mostly playing pretty good. Uh, and they're, you know, the running game is is, is above average. So I think they're going to be fine. But uh, I think it was just a matter of a rising team meeting a team that slipped up. Honestly, and when I look at it, to me, this is this is the Chargers in a nutshell. And I talked about it in the preseason and all the rankings I've ever done here. This is Charger football, and it has to be that the constant is either Phillip Rivers or the coaching, but this happens every year. They slip up. They have a bad start to the season. Even if they reel off all the, every single win they went out, they're only going to be 11-5, and five, which might be good enough for the playoffs, but it's going to be just barely. Uh, chances are they're probably going to be something like uh, you know, 9-7. and seven. This is probably where I would project them right now, which isn't going to be good enough for a playoff spot, but this is them every year. Uh, they struggle at the beginning. They turn it around. They reel off a bunch of wins. Sometimes they squeak into the playoffs, but a lot of times it's, they're just going to fall short. So uh, it's nothing new on my my book here. All right, let's talk about the Broncos and Browns. The Broncos with their backup quarterback, Brandon Allen, 24-19 win over the Browns. What in the hell is going on with the Browns? Um, I mean, it's what we've been saying really all year. I mean, the, the coaching is bad. Um, the coaching is bad. Baker Mayfield, not necessarily playing very well. Uh, the, the one difference really is that Nick Chubb didn't, you know, run the ball very well this game, which he's been running the ball great all year. So, uh, I mean, that was the one big thing, but, uh, I mean, Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen had a good game. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he won the game for the Browns, but he didn't do anything to lose the game for the Browns, uh, or for the Broncos. Sorry. Uh, but I mean, Philip Lindsay ran the ball. Well, I mean, he had, uh, 92 yards on nine carries, uh, averaged over 10 yards a carry had a touchdown. Uh, the defense for the Broncos played well, uh, had a couple sacks. Um, I mean, they, the, the Browns just, they just didn't, they're just not playing well. Um, and again, I, th- I think this is kind of a Matt Nagy situation, um, uh, a Matt Nagy situation, but for the Browns, it's Freddie Kitchens just isn't the guy to, to coach that team right now. Um, the difference is, is Matt Nagy at least had one good year. Freddie Kitchens, you know, he's just not a good coach. And, and, uh, I think the problem is I don't think the player, I don't, I don't think the players have his back and I know the coaches don't have his back. And I don't think that, I don't think everyone is on the same page, like they're showing, you know, when Freddie kitchens got that job, what a lot of people don't realize is that he basically kicked a lot of the other coaches to the curb to, to help him land that job. So I think the coaches he have, he still has on staff. I don't think any of them really want to coach for him. I think they're just taking the job to have a job. Um, and and so it's it's just a, a dysfunctional situation, honestly. And I think the other thing that I noticed was, and we're talking about this all year too, the egos on that team are ridiculous right now. Here's an interesting story. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to this, but 
at halftime, the NFL referees had to make Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham change their cleats because they were wearing their own custom non-approved cleats on the field. Baker Mayfield shaved twice during the day. He had a full beard and warm-ups. He came out and he had a Fu Man shoes, and after the game, he had a mustache. I mean, at this point, why are they worrying about any of this stuff when they should just be focusing on winning football games? I mean, the vanity and the ego is absolutely insane with mainly those three players, but really the entire team, and and it needs to be fixed. And 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 I think it goes again. It goes back to Freddie Kitchens. I don't think he's the guy to keep them in line. Um, he he's he's just not. He doesn't have the reputation in the NFL. He doesn't have the experience as a head coach. Um, he's just not that guy. And and like you said, I think they're more worried about, you know, Odell Beckham's more worried about wearing his hundred thousand dollar watch on the field or wearing custom cleats and and Baker Mayfield's more worried about, you know, oh, do I have a beard? Do I have a Fu Manchu? Do I have a mustache? Uh, you know, people need to know that I'm still cocky. Don't worry about that. It's who I am, it's who I am. And it's like, well, you know, what they want you to be is an NFL quarterback, and they want Odell Beckham to be an NFL receiver, and you guys just aren't. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if you're playing football and you lose, and the very first thing you do is go shave into a new cool mustache style, like your, your priorities are not straight. And it it's absolutely. And then he says, "Well, I didn't deserve the handlebar mustache or whatever it was, or the Fu Manchu." I'm like, their priorities are completely messed up. Like, get on there and play football. Don't worry about your cleats. Don't worry about your watches. Don't worry about your facial hair. Get in there and play the game and win. They have the talent to do it, but they just can't put it together. And part of that, like you said, is coaching. And the other part is just they, they put too many personalities in the same room and it's exploding. You see it time and time again. Too many of these divas on one team doesn't equal winning. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a, a thing you heard here first. The Ravens beat the Patriots that were undefeated 37-20. to 20, That vaunted Patriots defense that uh, only allowed seven points a game playing nobody allowed 37 against the Ravens and they struggled and they're no longer undefeated. Uh, we called it. What'd you think of this one? Yeah. I mean, we, we both, uh, I think we both picked the, uh, the Ravens to win this game. I, I think what was surprising, um, it's not that the Ravens, it's not that the Ravens put up that many points. Um, I thought there I thought their offense could do well against this defense. Um, what was surprising, I think is how well the defense played against the Patriots offense. Uh, I mean, they, they really, I mean, they shut down Tom Brady, uh, kept him in check. They shut down the running game. Uh, James White led the Patriots in rushing with nine carries and 38 yards. Um, the Patriots only had 74 yards as a team. Um, but I mean, you look at, uh, you look at the Ravens, the Ravens had over 200 yards and, and three touchdowns for, for the game run, uh, running the ball. So, uh, a lot of that came from from Mark Ingram. He had over a uh, hundred yards. Lamar Jackson carried it sixteen times for over sixty yards. Uh, Gus uh, Edwards and Justice Hill, you know, both added, you know, another 30, 40 yards combined. So uh, Lamar Jackson threw the ball well. You know, didn't put up huge numbers, but he threw. He was he was efficient throwing the ball, um, which is all you could really ask out of Lamar Jackson. Honestly, as long as he's efficient and he can run the ball himself. Uh, he's he's gonna be a, a a threat to any other team. So, uh, I mean, it was a great game, honestly, for the for the offense and the defense. Yeah, and the, the thing that stood out to me was that the Patriots' defense. I mean, the big storyline all year was 
Uh, there was only eight people in fantasy that the Patriots defense hadn't outscored. And we're talking skill players, Q- QBs, everything. Uh, they also talked about how the Patriots defense has scored more points than their opponents. Well, in this game, that's all completely gone. Patriots defense scored no touchdowns. They had no picks. They only had one sack and they gave up 37 points. So uh, believe us when we say that the, the Patriots were not that they're a bad team because we know that they're not, but they're as good as their schedule had allowed them to be, which their schedule is easy for us the year too, really. I mean, yeah. anytime you get to play the Dolphins twice, the Jets twice, and the Bills twice, you're going to have at least you know five, six wins right there. Um, and plus, I got to play other teams, so are bad teams. So I think it, when they get into the playoffs, it's not going to be as dominant as people were thinking. If everyone's looking at the Patriots like, well, they're they're clearly the the AFC champions. Let's go and look at the a-. and you see here see people like Stephen A. Smith saying that. Well, clearly the AFC's already settled. The Patriots are going to win. I don't believe that's the case. I think when the Patriots play anybody that has a solid offense and a solid defense, they're going to struggle just like you saw this week. For sure. All right, let's wrap it up with the Monday Night Football game. The one team that lost to the Jets beat the Giants 37-18. to What would you think? We need to quit bringing up that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it was it, Cowboys got off to a slow start and then they, you know, they had a a turn of good luck when that black cat ran on the the field. Um hit a 70-yard touchdown run. That was pretty nice. Uh strategy, right? Yeah, that was all strategy. I I guarantee you Jason Garrett had that that cat up his sleeve the entire night. Um <laughs> he was just waiting to release it. Um but yeah, and I mean, uh looking looking at the game, I mean Dak Prescott played you know he had an interception but he he played well he played efficiently uh threw for over 250 yards threw for over three touchdowns uh in two games against the giants this year he wasn't sacked a single time uh so the offensive line has played well against this giants uh front uh ezekiel elliott 22 carries 139 yards uh i mean he honestly completely outplayed saquon barkley uh now saquon's not as not in as good a situation as, as Ezekiel Elliott is. I know that, but Saquon struggled. I mean, he only averaged two yards a carry, only had 28 yards rushing. Um, he did have that big 65 yard uh, reception, but if you take that away, he had five other catches for two yards. Um, so, I mean, he has six catches, 67 yards total, but one of those catches was 65 yards. So um, take away that one big play, and Saquon Barkley, I mean, did nothing all game. Um, the Cowboys' defense was dominant. Uh, they had five sacks, I believe, against uh, against the Giants. Uh, they had a couple fumble recoveries against the Giants. One of them was a fumble return for a touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, Sean Lee filling in for Vander Esch, um, starting again, had 12 tackles, led the team in tackles, 12 tackles, nine solo, one tackle for loss. He had a pass defended. Uh, Jalen Smith, uh, also 12 tackles, had a half sack out there. Uh, their new addition, Michael Bennett, had a sack. Um, also had two tackles for a loss. Um, I mean, they they just they had a, a great overall game, honestly. They ran the ball well. They threw the ball well. They shut down the run. They shut down the pass. They forced turnovers. Uh, they had some good special teams plays out there. They did give up a couple big returns to the Giants uh, on kick returns, but – uh, for the most part, special teams played pretty well. So, I mean, it was it was three tiers of winning this football game. Uh, and now the Cowboys, I mean, they've won two straight games. Uh, they got a big game coming up against the Vikings. Uh, 
but I mean, they're, they're playing well, so it's good for them. I want your opinion on this and I'm not trying to dog on the Cowboys just trying to, to get your honest opinion here. So looking at the schedule here, the Cowboys have of all their wins, their opponents have only had six wins total out of all those combined with the giants, jets, dolphins, redskins. So where, where do you think that these guys fit in? I'm, obviously they're playing well right now. Where do you think that they play into the playoff picture? Like, do you think they can compete with teams like the saints and the 49ers right now? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. They also beat the Eagles. Don't forget that the Eagles, I think are five and four now. Um, I think they're three and four, aren't they? Oh no, they uh, are five. You're right. Yeah. They're five and four. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, they, when they play the saints, they lost to the saints, but it was a close game. The saints did not blow them out. Um, you know, they, they got, they fell behind big to the uh, Packers early in the game, but they, they had a nice comeback and, and had an opportunity to win that game at the end. Uh, so, I mean, it, the jets, they just laid a goose egg. I mean, they, we could be honest. Yeah, they that's, just, you know, every, every team does that. I mean, it's not, uh, everyone can make fun of the Cowboys all they want, but there's every week, every season, there's going to be a game where you just don't play well. I mean, like it's the same thing Packers against the Chargers. Now, Chargers are obviously a better team than the Jets, but the Packers just played a bad game. Uh, that's what the Cowboys did against the Jets. But the Cowboys against the Packers, the Cowboys against the Saints, they had opportunities to win those games. Um, and they didn't, and they lost to two good football teams. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, – I mean, I, it, it does concern me a little bit that, that – uh, you know, the only good team they've beaten is the Eagles. But at the end of the day, once you get into the playoffs, records don't mean anything. Everyone's zero and zero at that point. Uh, so as long as they make the playoffs, they're, they're giving themselves an opportunity. Uh, good, good news and bad news for Cowboys fans is they're going to get a chance to prove it here in the next several weeks. Looking at their schedule, it's pretty brutal. They've got the Vikings, yeah, they- Lions, Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams, Eagles, and Redskins. So really, out of those teams where the first half of the schedule is really easy, the second half is going to be pretty brutal because the Bills are playing well. They have a great defense. Patriots obviously have one loss. Rams are really good. The Bears have a good defense if they get their offense rolling. Uh, we said that the the Vikings and Lions both are actually really decent teams. So I think they're going to get a chance to prove themselves here in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, and and I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be fine. There, they should be. They should be able to compete and be in every. I mean, they should win at least two or three of those. Just just out of just sheer talent. On, I mean, they should be able to beat. Uh, they should be able to beat the team. You know, teams like the Redskins and things like that. So, um, I mean, they should have a couple games in there that they they will no doubt win. I believe um, it's those games against the Patriots, the Bears, got you know teams like that that. I think that's going to decide what kind of team they're going to be, what kind of success they're going to have this season. So, I'm excited for the Patriots game. You don't get that game very often, Cowboys Patriots. Nope. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that game. I mean, looking again, the Bears game. Uh, I'm I'm actually excited for, despite the Bears struggling. I'm excited to see what the Cowboys can do against that caliber of defense. Because um, despite the Bears struggling this season, the defense is still good. Um, they're still a top five defense, in my opinion. So. Um, I think that'll be a good measuring stick kind of game. So, uh, obviously the Patriots, I think is the big one. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it all goes. All right. That covers our wrap up of week nine. Let's dive into our week 10 picks here. Uh, tomorrow night we've got chargers Raiders. Who do you got in that one? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the chargers. I mean, they've won two straight games. It's a divisional game. 
uh, th- I think this is where the the Chargers really make their stand and and let the rest of the league know that you know, hey, we're we're coming for you guys. We're we're making our run like we do every year. Uh, look out! And I think it, you know, this is the game that really establishes that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think it to me, the Chargers are at that point in the season where they found out that, you know, they remembered that they could play football well. So I think they're going to beat the Raiders. And it's good news for Chiefs fans because the Raiders are uh, the closest to them in the division. So uh, luckily right now the Chiefs have tiebreakers over everyone in the division. So looking good for Chiefs, but I'm, I'm going Chargers in this one. All right, we got another not so much a barn burner. Giants at Jets. Who do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm, I got to go the Giants, honestly. Um, I mean – the Jets just lost to the Dolphins and, and uh, you know, the, the Giants played fairly well for about a quarter and a half against the Cowboys, honestly. So uh, I, I think Saquon's going to come out. I think he's going to have a big game. I think Daniel Jones has a, has a nice game. Uh, I think it'll be a close one, but I, I believe the Giants are going to win this one. Yeah. I think the Jets now are, I won't want to say tank mode, but they only have one win and now the Dolphins have a win. So I think that the Jets are going to kind of low key tank going into the in the rest of the season, and and the Giants, despite being not a great team right now, they do have some talent on offense. I expect uh, Saquon really to go off. So I'm going Giants in this one too. All right, this shouldn't be that close, but it always seems to be Falcons and Saints. Who do you got? I got to go the Saints. Uh, I mean, they're they're playing unbelievably right now with with Drew Brees back. Uh, coming off the bye week, uh, they're going to be ready to go for the Falcons. Uh, Falcon, I mean, they're going to fall. The Falcons are going to fall behind early. They're going to give up on the run like they do every week. Um, they'll probably put up decent looking offensive stats, but I believe the Saints win this, and I think it's going to be a 10 point game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good fantasy game on both sides. I think you, if you got either quarterback or any of the wide receivers, you start them all. So, uh, but I am going to take the Saints. I, I like Drew Brees, obviously. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, I think the Saints win this. But with Drew Brees back, I don't think it's even close. I, I think you're right, at least 10. How about this game, Chiefs and Titans? Uh, it sounds like we're going to get Mahomes back. But either way, who do you got in this one? Uh, I think either way, I, I'm picking the Chiefs on this one. Uh, if it's Matt Moore, I believe it's a closer game, obviously. But if if Pat Mahomes comes back, I believe the Chiefs win this by probably two touchdowns. Um I actually like the Titans. I like what they've been doing. Um, I like how Tannehill's playing for the team. Um, but if if Mahomes is healthy, there there's no way that they can score enough points to keep up with the Chiefs. Yeah, I got the Chiefs in this one. I do think Mahomes is going to play. And and really, when you look at the the big key to this game to me is the Titans have injuries in the secondary, and Adoree Jackson's been getting torched deep all year. I think Tyreek Hill is going to find himself running wide open down the field, and even if Matt Moore's playing, Travis Kelsey has been fantastic the last couple of weeks, getting open, getting first downs, making yards at the catch. And, uh, yeah, the Chiefs defense is playing well, and and I think the Vikings have a better offense than the Titans, and the Chiefs did well against them, so I'm taking the Chiefs by two touchdowns in this All right, this one also shouldn't be close, but the Ravens taking on the Bengals with Ryan Finley at quarterback. Who do you got? I'm going – Ravens big in this one. Uh, I mean, Ryan Finley's first NFL start. Uh, he's going against one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Defense is playing well. Lamar Jackson's playing well. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram's running the ball well. Uh, they're coming off a win against the Patriots. Um, so I, I think 
I think the Ravens win this. And to me, I think it's probably going to be a 17 point game. Yeah. I think the only thing they got to watch out for coming off that big win against the Patriots is overlooking the Bengals. I think, you know, anytime a team does that, they have that risk of falling flat on their face. But I, you know, the Bengals are not a good football team right now. There is reports that AJ Green play this week, but even with that, I got the Ravens. All right. So we got the Bills taking on the faltering Browns. Who do you got? I go in Bills 100%. I think that defense is going to cause havoc for for Baker Mayfield and and uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, those guys. The Browns, I believe, have uh, Kareem Hunt returning this week. So I think their only hope is is to to run Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know, 50 times, honestly, uh, and try and just wear that defense down. And if they can do that, maybe they pull off a win, but I think the Bills are going to take this. Yeah, I actually think Kareem Hunt makes a little bit of a difference. The only problem is it doesn't make a difference where they need it to make a difference. It's not like Nick Chubb's not a good running back. They're getting another good running back, but their problem's in the passing game. And the Bills' defense is going to just I, – I have a feeling they're going to get to Baker Mayfield early and often, and it's only a matter of time before he melts down. So I'm, with you, I'm going Browns on this one, although it will be good to see Kareem Hunt back. Hopefully he can kind of get his life back on track. And uh, when he played, he was one of the more exciting running backs to watch. He runs with the physicality. And he's just a great player. So hopefully he gets that back on track. It'll be good to see him on Sunday. All right. How about Cardinals and Bucks? Who do you got in that one? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go the Cardinals, but I think this is actually gonna be a deceivingly fun game to watch. Uh I like what the Cardinals are doing down there in Arizona. Uh the Buccaneers, I mean, they they're only two and six right now, but they've played some really good games. They just had a good game against the Seahawks, almost beat them in overtime. Uh I like, you know, Jameis Winston to me is is having a, to me, this is his best season he's had in his career, uh, despite win loss and despite some of the interceptions he's thrown. He he looks comfortable out there. He looks confident for the most part. Um, but I, I like what the Cardinals are doing. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to go Bucks in this one for what, basically what you said. Jameis Winston's looking great. And really his tandem of wide receivers with Godwin and Mike Evans are better than you know it's a great combo better than a lot of teams have and the cardinals defense is not great right now um and it doesn't matter you know which side the, they put their best defenders on with two serious weapons at wide receivers i bucks put up a lot of points i do think the cardinals keep it close because they've really done that in every game uh bucks took the seahawks who a lot of people are saying seahawks are the nfc favorite they took them late into overtime and ended up losing last week but i got the bucks in a close one over the cardinals all right, we got Lions and Bears. That should be a good one. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard game to pick because, I mean, the Lions seem to be in every single game this year, but they seem to lose every single game. <laughs> um, but the Bears, obviously, I mean, the defense is – I think this is a matchup of a great offense against a great defense. Uh, the Lions' defense is kind of lacking. The Bears' offense is kind of lacking. Um, but I'm going to go the Lions, actually. I think – I think uh, they're going to be able to put up just enough points to edge out a win against the bear, uh, the Bears. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm going Lions, too. I think uh, just my lack of trust in Matt Nagy's offensive schemes right now, uh, you don't know if if Trubisky's going to come out and throw it 40 times or 10 times. You don't know if they're going to run the ball 30 times or 8 times. So uh, just not knowing that, I think that the Lions have better consistency at offense, and they're going to win this one. All right. How about Dolphins at Colts? Dolphins are coming off their uh, first win. Colts, Jacoby Brissett, probably going to be out with a knee injury. 
Uh, who do you got in this one? In the, the Colts are going to end up with Hoy, Brian Hoyer as their quarterback, and you can't trust the Michigan State guys. We see that in <laughs> Minnesota every – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, I, Brian Hoyer played fairly well last week in relief duty for, for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I like Marlon Mack running the ball. I still love that offensive line. I love the defense. Uh, it was a nice win for the Dolphins last week, but reality is about to punch them in the face. Yeah, I think more than anything, they're going to realize, oh, crap, we were supposed to be tanking, and they're going to go right back to that. So I think the Colts win with Brian Hoyer. How about this one? This should be a really good one. We got Kyle Allen and the Panthers taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at Lambeau Field. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going, I'm going the Packers. I think they're going to have that bounce back win. I think Aaron Rodgers has a big game. Um, but again, I keep saying it every week. I, I, I'm picking the Packers, but I think, uh, McCaffrey comes out, has a huge game against that Packers defense. I think he keeps the Panthers hanging around there for a little while. Um, but ultimately the Packers, I think win this. I'm not going to go with the upset on this. I'm going to go Panthers. And one of the reasons I watched that Packers uh, Chargers game, and one of the things that gave their defense fits was Austin Eckler catching the ball out of the backfield. And if Austin Eckler can do it, just imagine what Christian McCaffrey can do against them. I think that they're going to play really well. And really, this Panthers defense is kind of underrated this year. They've been really good. So I think the Panthers are going to pull this one off. All right. How about Rams and Steelers? Who do you think that one? Uh, I mean, I'm going the Rams. I like what the Steelers are doing with Mason Rudolph. Um, but, I mean, the Rams are coming off a bye week. Uh, they're getting healthy. Uh, I love Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I I like Ramsey on that defense. I think he's going to be able to to shut uh, Juju down uh, and, and kind of create some havoc for, for Mason Rudolph to deal with. So uh, just overall talent-wise and just scheme-wise and player-wise personnel, matchup wise i believe uh i i think the rams take this yeah i i agree with you i think it's just jared goff and cooper cup can be too much so i've got them in that one how about this game i know i'm pretty sure i know where you're gonna land here but vikings taking on the cowboys who do you got um i mean i'm, I'm gonna take the cowboys because i'm you know that's that's what i do um <clears throat> but i believe that th- it's gonna be a good game i think uh, I love the Vikings defense. I love the the Vikings running game. Um, I've actually been a fan of what Kirk Cousins has done the last month or so. He didn't have a great game against the Chiefs, but uh, he was also missing Adam Thielen. So, <clears throat> um, so I, I I do like what the Vikings are doing, but I like what the Cowboys are doing better. Uh, again, three tiers: special teams, uh, offense, and defense. I think the Cowboys are just more. They're, they're, they're just more talented, and I think they're in a better sync right now, better rhythm than the Vikings are, and I think that's what's going to carry them to the win. Yeah, I like Kirk Cousins in this. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys, and here I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I think and everyone's overlooking this, and really it's the same teams that fall every time, but every time a player reels off a few good games, they think, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. But then they look at the teams that they face. Let's go back a month and look at Kirk Cousins' games here. He struggled against the Chiefs and lost. The week before, he played the Redskins and looked good. Redskins are awful. The week before, he played the Lions, who have a bad defense. He looked good. He played the Eagles, who at the time had a bad defense. He looked good. He played the Giants. They had a bad defense. He looked good. And then they played the Bears, who had a good defense, and he looked awful. 
So when you look at the last month, it's not so much that he got better. It's that they played really bad teams. And it's always the same teams we're talking about. You know, obviously the other side of the NFC East with the Giants and Redskins are not playing well. Uh, sometimes you get the Jets mixed in there, but these teams are not good. When you play a good defense, I don't trust Kirk Cousins, and, and the Cowboys have a really good defense. So I'm going to go Cowboys big in this one. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Making up for all How those about Jets Seahawks jokes? 49ers on Monday night. Um, I. You know, I was talking about the 49ers earlier, but I and how I think they're underrated, but I do believe they lose this game because again, at, at a certain point in the season, some you know, every team has to lose a game. Uh eventually. There's only been one team that never lost a game. Uh I think this is a game that the 49ers lose. Um, I think they're just as good as the the Seahawks, but um I just I just like the Seahawks a little bit better at the moment. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. I, I like the Seahawks, and I like what Russell Wilson's doing. But if you look at what the Seahawks have done this year, last week, taken to overtime by the Bucks, they had a really close game against the Cardinals. Um, teams don't have defenses, and the 49ers have a really good defense. So I think uh, it, it really comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo's arm, and I think he's going to have enough to get it done. So I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Also, I'd like to go back to the Vikings-Cowboys game and point out that Kirk Cousins doesn't beat above 500 quarterbacks, but, you know, whatever. It's cool. There is that. That That is a 100% truth fact. And I think if you go back through the season and look at it, he literally doesn't beat above 500 quarterbacks. So It's the story of his career. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> to our friend Ryan, if you're listening, we're not sorry. Anyway. Okay, I think that wraps up our review this week. Um, if you like college football, stay tuned to the college football episode. And always, if you like fantasy football, you'll hear how Mike and I's game went this week. Just a not hit, well. not great for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not well for Keith, but uh, we'll discuss that in the fantasy episode. So, Mike, why don't you tell me where else they can find us? All right, so obviously, check us out on gridironauthority.com. We have all our episodes up there. We have all our articles up there. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, all that good stuff. So uh, make sure to get on, give us a comment, give us a like, uh, follow, whatever you do. Um, let us know what you think of the episodes, and uh, we love to get in touch with you guys. All right. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned, guys.